What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 495th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. With me is Greg. Hello. I still can't feel my fingers from running errands today because it's four. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's still it's temperature warning. Four. Right? Four. Four. <laughs> it's four outside. Quattro and that's in American in units. I'm assuming that's cold in Canada units. Oh, wait. Spoiler. Sorry. Hi. I'm here, too. <laughs> Rude! Uh, Pengu in. also here? Hi. It me. R- return of the Pingu. Pingu strikes back. Something like that. <laughs> watching the YouTube version. We also we, ha- we have to consistently have one person knitting at all times. Or is that crochet? I have not. I am crocheting a penguin. Crocheting is different There are not than enough in my environment currently. Does Will crochet or does he knit? He knits. I think he does both. I think he does both too. I don't he know does he's both, making. but he's knitting like right now. What everyone always comments on the YouTube is, "What is he making?" I think it's a blanket. It's always the same. It's been a blanket for fifteen years. He's not done with it. Never gonna be done with it. It's never. That's the thing about knitters and crocheters. They are never done. Excuse, I finish many penguins and things. Yeah, as, are you like many people who are like, I got to the end and then I messed up one part, so I ended the whole thing and started over. I do do that. Yes. Yeah. See. What? That sounds awful. It. It's tragic. Got a good Instagram <laughs> reel out of me unraveling it, though. Oh, like, if this podcast is a disaster, we just keep going. That's like, we, we can't unravel it. I, I mean, here's the thing. We could. We should. We don't. Correct. <laughs> we got uh, some Pokemon news this week. Where, it's where January. Sh- nothing's happening. Where should we start? Knowing our luck, because we record on Sundays. This comes out on Monday. Japanese Arceus trailer will probably be eventually in English. Why is it in English? I watched it like three times in Japanese and hoping that I could understand it. I didn't. Mm. Here's the fourth time it really clicks with you. I'll have to watch it again. That water looks real good, though. Oh, gosh. It, the water is the worst part of that whole trailer. What do you... I want, I, I want you to put together a slideshow of games that you like the water in. Mm. I would argue that Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl have pretty good water. BDSP has very nice water. I can second that. It's because it's using the Unity engine. Unity re- makes real nice water. Again, I next <laughs> weekend, I would like a PowerPoint together of your favorite water bits. Do we Do we want to talk about that trailer first? I mean, I, I, there's... I would have more to talk about if I understood half of the things that were happening. Like, the whole section of throwing packets... <laughs> at the Pokemon, it like the seemed important, and I don't know why it's important because I couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, I have not watched the trailer, so for me and the one other person listening to this who hasn't yet, can can I get like a TLDR of the trailer? It's well, okay, here's the TLDR. It shows a lot of Pokemon Arceus in Japanese, and it explains a bunch of things that I didn't understand because the explanation was in Japanese. I don't think there was anything new except for there's a bunch of red-eyed Pokemon that are literally trying to murder you in the overworld. Oh, that's They showed fun. that a lot. I also don't think there's anything new because Serebii would have pointed that out. Yeah. There wasn't anything new. I think there's, there was there's explanations like three new areas stuff. that they showed. Yeah, and there was explanations. Like, they explained photography a bit more. Uh, they introduced the great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Caitlin's butler. She's new. They showed a gold duck. Yeah, they showed a gold duck. They showed a chimchar in the wild. They showed a... You knew that. Crobat. That was new. 
So is this, is this, um, I, <laughs> I have not been following Legends because I'm like not an action RPG type person muchly. Okay. Um, so is there going to be like a combat mechanic? Is that what the, these red-eyed Pokemon are where you like so, actually fight them outside of like a turn-based battle? Yeah. So it does definitely seem like you will run into angry Pokemon who are very, very aggressive, unlike non-red-eyed Pokemon who are aggressive only if you seem to bother them. These, okay. at least, again, I can't, I didn't have a translation and I don't know what they're saying, but it did seem like you'll run into red-eyed Pokemon who are very much into attacking you and trying to kill you. Well, that's fun. And it is action-based. It is, at some point, you, like, throw your Pokeball at them and your partner comes out and then you go into action-slash-turn-based combat but it seems much more real-time action than turn-based like interesting did you ever play chrono trigger that had the bars that went up and then when it hit the top of the bar you got to do an action it felt like that to me that was final fantasy 7 that, that it's too. a lot of them yeah yeah that so feels a lot like that like there's a charging and then you can use an attack um the animations don't look any different than they did in sword and shield that uh -huh. i saw in there they looked the same uh, water coming out of the belly button instead of the mouth and things like, and giant mm. jaws for bite instead of like just a bite. There is something with the rotten bags of fruit or whatever they are. Couldn't tell you. They were talking about it for a while in Japanese, and I didn't know it. They showed a citrus berry. They showed a citrus berry. They showed that you need uh some a rock that looks like meat and something else to make pokeballs. The red rock. Do you have to yeah, make your own pokeballs in this game? Yeah. yeah, that's what it seems like. I mean, you have a god phone, but you still have to make Pokeball. So they brought crafting into Pokemon. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe and I will like this game. They showed more of the character. They showed characters that they had introduced before, but I don't know if they said something new about them because I couldn't understand it. They showed some sweet water. They, they showed some sweet they lava. Went all the ride Pokemon again. Yeah, they did all the road Pokemon. They did all of the uh, areas again. It's also just kind of confusing. They they have pinned ever since X and Y these games as, as worldwide games. And so to release a Japanese trailer that doesn't actually say that much and not have an English trailer seems weird. Yeah, I don't. It's like it's it's a gameplay trailer. Like everywhere I see referred to it as a gameplay trailer. And it does go through aspects of gameplay. I guess. I just don't know why there's not an English version yet. I would also argue that I don't think this trailer convinces anyone who's on the fence. It's it, it like it shows a lot of what we already know and nothing where like, like I didn't know they they showed the I'm going to throw the ramen packet bags at you, and like spice you up before I'm ultimately probably going to catch you. We've seen that before. We've seen that like twice, and they showed that again in this trailer. But they showed it even longer. Like he throws like eight ramen yeah. packets, and it's and I I still have questions. I I, I don't know why yeah. I'm doing this. Why why am why why are we spicing up the cleaver? It's it's hard to say. That it didn't, it didn't make a case to people who are on the fence about the game because I don't know what they said. Like I don't know if the explanation of what was happening was a good explanation and a selling point. 
Like, the game looks good. It looks... I think we got to see more action in a more polished environment, because it did look better. Visually, it looked better, yes. Except the water. So I think those things maybe push people over. I mean, the water is brilliant. I mean, I'm looking at the water I have in my glass right now, and it looks the same. Mm, interesting. The the one thing that was new, but really not that new, and again, not like a selling point, is that we found out that Zorark is probably like the second or third boss. Yeah. Because we know Cleaver is like the first boss, because it has the boss meter that they showed in like the last trailer. And then there's like a split, like three seconds, where Hisuian Zorark has that same boss meter. Yeah. So we know that. So I guess that is like the one bit of new information we have is this Pokemon is one of the I'm assuming there's eight of them, right? Like that's that's the guess. Yeah. There's probably well, they showed a thing with a bunch of stars. And I couldn't oh, yeah. they tell what the star it, thing. I couldn't tell if the stars were gonna mark off wardens because there were a lot I think there were like ten and not eight. So I don't know what the stars were. because again I was like, Okay, here we go. Wait, Pengu, were you planning on getting this game? Uh, no, I'm not planning on getting it. I'm planning on watching you play it. It's because it's, uh, it's because it's not traditional, right? It's like the action. Yes. I'm one of, I'm one of the people who likes the, the easy train track. Tell me where to go. Otherwise I can't navigate it myself. Make, <laughs> let me just like I mean, beat the gym leaders first try. Let me over level as much as I can. Yeah. I just want like a chill, easy Pokemon experience. Um, and legend sounds stressful. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. Like maneuvering through the world, I I couldn't tell if only Pokemon with red eyes actively pursue you like they did in the wild area, and everything else was. I couldn't tell that very well from the trailer because it looked like they like they walked past a Sveal who was just super happy and smiley and staring at you. So at least like we know that not all of them are going to attack you, but I couldn't tell in the trailer if they are trying to differentiate between. Watch out for things that have red eyes versus regular eyes, because the red eyes ones are going to pursue you. I'm kind of guessing that the red eye ones are just like over leveled. Like um, when you went to the wild area for the first time, there were yeah strong Pokemon that you couldn't catch. I don't know. That's kind of what I thought, but who knows? What I do know is this off bleedingcool.com Pokemon Legends Arceus becomes the latest Tetris 99 cup focus. We're ball playing Tetris 99 still, right? I still play Tetris 99. Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> so that's exciting. Greg's trying to remember what this game is. Yeah, what is Tetris 99? What? It's like the free Tetris game that you get with Switch Online, I think, and you like play with 90 Eight other people, 99 mm -hmm. other people, like with Tetris battles, you know? The only 99 thing that was ever good was one versus 100. That was very good. Uh, and since it's not that, I've never played. You've never played Tetris 99? Do you like Tetris, no. Greg? That's like your game. You grew up with that. What do you mean that's like my game? What, <laughs> what are you trying to say about Greg please, here? <laughs> please look around my room to point out the vast Tetris merch I suddenly have. Where did that statement come from? <laughs> Aren't you, like, older than Tetris itself? I was there when Tetris was created, yes. Okay. That does not mean I was aboard the Tetris train. You're telling me you did not like Tetris as a kid? I was fine. Okay, but that wasn't, Tetris wasn't as a kid for me. 
That's not a kid game for me. Pac-Man was a kid game for me. Wait, Pac-Man's older than Tetris? I thought Tetris was pretty old. I cannot with you. Mm. Just can't. (laughs) Tetris was 1984. I was 14. And then it came over... It got big in 86, I want to say. Um... I, I, my first experience was Tetri- with Tetris was the uh, Game Boy, where they were including mm, yeah, Tetris yeah. for free when you bought a Game Boy. I mean, Pac-Man yeah. was 1980. So, uh, like... I would have... When did I get a Game Boy? 90... Because I think I only had Tetris on the Game Boy. 96? But again, I was in my teens, so I would have had to purchase games on with my own money. So I only played Tetris when other people had it, and then they convinced me to buy it. And then my mom was addicted to Tetris, so she would steal my game. I'm going to out myself as a real Zoomer here, but uh, I first really got into Tetris when it was like Tetris Friends on Facebook, where you could like play Tetris with your Facebook friends. That's when I got really into Tetris. Pokemon podcast over. I need to hear about Facebook games. Yeah, it was great. Games. You could like battle what? your friends. That was a game on Facebook. Got the Tetris DS game. Played my pink DS Lite at lunch at school. Was it like? Was it like real Tetris or was well, it like define knockoff, knockoff Tetris? What's? The... Do you remember? Okay, this. Okay, <laughs> knockoff Tetris would be when maybe like Totris. three. Three people listening to this podcast know what I'm talking about. When the when the iPhone first got an app store, which was the second year of the iPhone, and you could download mm-hmm. apps, there was a Tetris game that came out within like the first month of like the app store, and it was called Tris T R I S. Oh, was, I do remember that. It was a really good Tetris game, but it wasn't Tetris. And then the creators of Tetris. Like DMCA'd them or whatever, legally did something, and then Tris had to be removed. And it was the first one of those games because like that happened Flappy Bird too, where like Flappy Bird was removed, and people were like, "I have Tris on my phone," and then they would sell their phone because people wanted the game. And I had Tris, and there was a really long time where I was like, "I can't erase my phone. I can't transfer it to a new phone." Because I don't want to lose Tris. I'm assuming it the was, Facebook yes. one was officially through like Tetris, though. So is this where your obsession over not flipping your phone horizontally came from, Tetris? I mean, Tetris is design. Tetris is very like designed for. I mean, I'm sure there is a Tetris, an actual Tetris on iPhone. So I, I will say this: I played a lot more Doctor Mario than I played Tetris. Oh, Tetris is way better than Doctor Mario. Are you? What is wrong with you? Tetris doesn't have cute little dancing germs. Also, Tetris <laughs> Tetris is from Russia, which, if you remember, is the enemy. So, yeah, yeah, this, yes, that's what society has taught us. Look, I was not about to give into the red propaganda of playing Tetris <laughs> in the eighties. That's for communists. I watched Red Dawn. The, that movie, I, I'm, I'm aware of that movie existing. Nintendo is launching another Maximus Cup in Tetris 99 this week. The focus is around Pokemon Legends Arceus. The latest entry of the Pokemon series has not been released, but does not stop being fans for getting psyched up for the... This is, this is good timing. You release the Tetris event before the game comes out. Not this 
Not this like same weekend that they always do. Here's eight things the same weekend again. No, you build the hype. <laughs> you release it a week before. It goes. Well, that's from- because it's not Janine's not in charge of that calendar. Also, what does that mean? What is it? How am I expl- uh, so Tetris ninety nine is going to be like? Is it going to be Pokemon instead of blocks? Like um, no. I th- oh, you can explain, Pengu. Uh, I, I'm not going to explain. I was just going to speculate wildly, but it sounds like you actually know the answer. So I do. Uh, so they'll, they'll pick different themes. They've done like Fire Emblem. They did Sword and Shield. We covered this on the podcast. So it's still just normal Tetris, except the background will be Pokemon. And then the music will be Pokemon. That's literally like the only two changes. Okay, that's what I was going to speculate wildly. I speculated correctly. Ha. <laughs> How does that convince people to buy this game? Is it is it supposed to convince people to buy this game? Mm, I would I feel like it's just like well, a, yeah. If you're like a Tetris fan and you're like, oh, there's a new Pokemon game coming out. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe to alert Tetris fans of a new also, game. <laughs> also, this is like bare minimum marketing, right? Like they had to make a wallpaper for Tetris, and they had to like make like two different music tracks, like the like the normal music, and then like you're about to get eliminated music. Like that's really bare bones here. Now the event is from January twentieth through the twenty fourth, and if you get a hundred points, and you just get like five points for even playing a match, you get to keep the theme after the theme is gone. So it is it is the sense of urgency. So like if you didn't play during the the couple days they had the sword and shield theme, you don't you can't have it anymore. But if you did get enough points, then at any point I can switch to the sword and shield theme just to like have that music. But only you can see it, right? Yeah. Look, there there is a probably a very hardcore audience out there that wants to collect every Tetris theme that they pump out here. Y'all are wild. Or, you know, if you're someone like Steve who has put 2,000 hours into Sword and Shield and you, heaven forbid, open a new game and miss the Sword and Shield music, you can have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what Tetris is lacking? Sword and Shield music. I'm tired of (laughs) Russia. Bring me to Galar. The Tetris theme theme song does slap, so I would choose that um, if given the option. Tetris is one of those games where you're like, I'm really good at Tetris in your immediate friend group. And then you take one step out of that friend group and you realize that you are not good. You at are Tetris. very bad at it. Oh, yeah, that does me. <laughs> Speaking of friends, Converse, that's the, the shoe of fre- the, 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 sh- the sh- friends wear Converse. Good segue. <laughs> it's, A plus. It's, it's the lifter shoe. You're clanging and banging in 2022. The remix. Here it is. Oh, yeah. We talked about this like two weeks ago that you guys, you want the flat shoes for lifting. You need the flat shoes for lifting. This is off IGN. Converse reveals their 25th anniversary chucks, shirts, hats, and more. I know Greg was going to say something. I would probably argue that technically it's 25 until February 27th, where then they would turn 26. I'm sure they're holding on to that big announcement to drop <laughs> in February 26th. <laughs> really saving the best for last year with Converse. So there are 14 products available at Converse.com. I did check this morning. They still did have multiple pairs of these shoes in stock. Some are sold out. 
Mm-hmm. Some are not ready for purchase. There's like a couple shirts that are like. There's a lot FYA that is sold out. Buy soon. Uh, the There's a lot sold out. <laughs> first shoe featured is the Converse and Pokeball Chuck Taylor All-Star, which retails for about 70 uh, which is like the normal price of most of these shoes, right? They're normally like yeah, 60 ish. About 70. Uh, they uh, got the images. Converse Pokemon Pokeball Chuck Taylor All Star is sold out. They got Pikachu, Converse. Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, Meowth, Jigglypuff all over them. Yep. The There are kids' versions of these shoes. Those were the ones that sold out, though. Those are all sold out, too. They, but like the two adult, the t- high tops, the first partners and the pokeball chuck taylors for 70 bucks are also sold out if you want the high end high ones the 90s and 115s those are still in stock they look okay they do i mean i kind of want the hat is still in stock none of the shirts are the backpack is still coming soon the bad hoodie is still coming soon you know if i if i was there's like this i, I cannot I'm so glad I'm not in a shoe culture. The 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 people who are on these like six different apps to like wait for Nike's to drop to like get in a digital line or you ever go to the mall and there's like a line outside of Champs and they're like waiting for like shoe culture seems worse than the the when we were in that Pokemon drought for TCG cards. Mm. It seems awful. And then there's like the whole thing of do you even wear these shoes? Do you just keep them in the well, boxes? No. You put them in boxes. You put them on your wall. No, but then I saw on TikTok, which is probably inaccurate because I started off the sentence saying, I saw this on TikTok yep. of people who did collect shoes and then didn't wear them and then talked about how the shoe falls apart faster because you don't wear them. It was how does very it fall apart if you're not touching how- it? Yeah. It just, just they, disintegrates on your shelf one day? Did they go through the process of how it falls yeah, apart? Yeah, they talk about how, like, the sole, or what the bottom part, the thing you stand the on. The sole. The sole mm-hmm. is made of a material, and it starts to crumble, even if you don't wear it. And wearing it, like, puts pressure on it, and, like, it, like, works it like a muscle in your body, so then it actually stays together. They compared it to, like, you like working out like you got to work you got to keep working out otherwise your muscles go away and they were talking about how so it you... compacts the material and keeps the material flexible whereas if you don't it never compacts and just degrades correct yes it's not being constantly compacted and worked that's what they said so they were like you might as well wear your shoes because otherwise they're just going to fall apart sitting on your shelf it was really interesting and i was like again i was like thank goodness i'm not into shoe culture but if I was, I mean, if I was like, you know what, I like these Pokemon so shoes. Let's, let's, I, let's be real. I, have, I know you have waited in line for a phone. Yeah, back in the day I did. So let's... Uh, that, that was when I was a, a, a very... Apple fanboy? I was a, a very bad Apple fanboy. Yeah. Look, I still use Apple products. I'm just not... I just, I just buy them with, with this taste now. I'm just very upset <laughs> that I keep giving them... keep giving Apple money. What, I, what is your reluctant what is, Apple okay, fanboy? So what would you switch to? Like I, I can't switch. I'm too deep into this ecosystem. So, like, why would you have distaste about it? Like, you made a choice. You can come to peace with the fact that you bought into a system. Yeah, Believe I, me, I I have I have a Galaxy phone in my house for work. I 
literally don't know why people get all up in arms about which system you use. <laughs> like, they're both bad. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to collect any of these shoes, though, I would have probably got the kids' shoes. Because they're half the They don't have cost. kids! They're the same shoe. They're just little. They're like it's like uh, it's it's like you know, in Pokemon cards, you get the jumbo card and then you get the normal size card. Like I don't want the jumbo one because I'm not going to do you, anything with it anyways. I just are we little... really explaining the difference between kids' shoes and adult shoes right now? Yeah, well, and I'm that thinking one the is smaller shoes, than the uh, other. Um, yeah, well, they're smaller. Welcome and I'm to the show. I would want to put the kids' shoes on my shelf because they're like cute and like smaller and they're the same. They're also the only ones that were actually cuter. The Pokemon kids shoes with the little kids chucks are cute. The little black ones with the with the Pikachu tail in the back is is very cute. But it sold out. Oh, Converse blocked me. I can no longer access. I clicked around too much. (laughs) Jerks. What was? We had another story. Uh, speaking of the TCG, Pokemon TCG, Leafeon V-Star and Glaceon V-Star Special Collections. Two Eevee Evolution play uh, a starting role in the new V-Star Special Collections. V-Star uh, Glaceon and V-Star Leafeon are ready to harness the power of Grass and Knights to knock out their competition. These boxes will feature one promo card of Leafeon V or Glaceon V, one etched promo card of Leafeon V-Star or Glaceon V-Star, one uh, etched oversized card, one acrylic V-Star marker, and five booster packs, which means that these will probably retail for $29.99. Are we past the point where the booster packs that you hate would not be in this set? No, because we have walked into Battle Styles realm, and Battle Styles is the Crimson Invasion of Sword, <laughs> Sword and Shield. Crimson Invasion properly named. It's an invasion of bad cards that you would have to suffer through. <laughs> Battle Styles <laughs> is the Crimson. Battle Styles Why is bad. You, okay, here's the real question. You hate you hate that you purchase Apple, but you never have anything good to say about Pokemon cards? No, no, there are some good cards. There are some good cards. that You, you hate, you, like, most sets. Why do you play this Most game? Most Pokemon sets are bad. Vivid Voltage <laughs> is a good set. Fusion Strike bad even though i just ordered okay. a booster box of fusion strike for everybody at home what is your criteria for a good or bad set mm. uh i would say card count so the reason okay, that so... fusion strike is bad is because it's the biggest set ever so it feels like you have just so much filler uh, because it is it is it is nothing but filler so so ideally you want a bit of a smaller set and you want the cards in the set to be like sought after. So the reason Crimson Invasion is bad is because the only card that is sought after was an energy card. It was the, I think it was either the fairy or the water energy. It was a hollow version of that. And that card itself ended up being at its peak around $40. So when you bought, if you bought 36 packs of Crimson Invasion for $99, the most expensive card was 40 and also very hard to pull. And the other cards you pull wouldn't even like come close to you getting your money back. So that is all based on resale. It, it Does it matter about playability? Were there actually good format cards in there? Or does that not factor into the this is a good set, this is a bad set 
cards Equation. being good, but that but the cards being good factor into resale value. If a card is good, it goes up in price because it's good to use. So that kind of like plays like in battle styles. Okay. I don't think there's like battle styles would be Urshif the Urshifus would be like okay, but they're but they're not terribly expensive themselves because I th- I'm pretty sure they were like tinned. By tinned, I mean like you just buy a box and it was like a promo on the box, so it like decreases the price of it. I think. So I've been assuming that when you say a set is bad, it's because it's bad to play, but it's actually bad because the the so is is a good card to play completely independent from a pretty card like are the pretty cards good to play or are those just unrelated to each other sometimes they're unrelated so like uh these are good questions so like charizard will always be charizard will always be a bad card to play but always will be an expensive card um the same with umbreon i don't know why but umbreon cards are always worth money and most of them are bad and then the f- so when you say bad to play, like it, the abilities are bad. It doesn't do enough. It's too hard to set up. Yeah, it, it, usually Charizard cards are like five energy, which is way too much, and it, the move is in itself isn't even good. Like the right. like a lot of cards in the TCG that are good re- revolve around like two to three energy. If you're asking for four energy, holy cow! It must be it, it better be one of the most incredible moves you're about to do if you're asking for four energy. And if you're asking for five. You better like instantly win the game when you put on that fifth <laughs> energy. Like you are asking for a lot, um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of moves will re- a lot of meta will revolve around like a two or a three energy move or ability. But then there are also Pokemon that always have similar abilities, um, no matter like whether the card is uh, six months old or like ten years old. Like Vileplume almost always has the same ability, which is like you're no one can play items anymore. Which, if your deck doesn't have items and you're building around that, very good for you because it doesn't matter, and very devastating to your opponent if their deck is very item based. But yeah, but Vileplume and Garboder, they always have some sort of ability that's like that. And then there's cards like Mew, and Mew is always expensive because people like Mew, but Mew is also always usually a very good card in the TCG. So those two things just kind of stack together, and most Mew cards are forty, sixty dollars, which Sucks if you need like three Mews in your deck and they're like 40 bucks each. Need. Need. I think Mew is one of the most dominant cards right now in the current format. What about Rainbow Full Art? Uh, Rainbow Full Art is like, some people love the rainbow and some people hate the rainbow. Like visually. Like I like the way the rainbow stuff looks. Some people just. Did anybody hate rainbows? I don't People. Some people just don't like the way it looks. So sometimes the rainbow <laughs> cards will be worth more, and sometimes it won't. So it just depends. So, okay. So the people who don't like rainbows win out on, on when the rainbow cards are worth less. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are cards like trainer cards, like let's say... N. N. Let's, yeah, because cause you could, you back in black and white, you would always want four Ns. Maybe if you were real, feeling real risky, you would only run three N's, but you would want four. So when they made full art N, those cards were really expensive because you would put N in every deck. So if you invested in four full art N's, you're investing in like, I can put these in all the decks I play. And that causes the price to go up. Who first put this four 
four of one type in in a deck ruling because it comes it's up in a lot of card games. Why did they pick four? Is it Yu Gi Oh three? Look, I have no idea about that. I do not want to risk my soul going to the Shadow Realm, so I stay mm. far away from Yu Gi Oh. The, the correct choice. <laughs> uh, the only TCG Look. deck I've ever played was uh, me and my brother got these like world champion decks oh, okay. many yeah, years ago when we played, and I played one where the thing was like you had to discard like eight million Magikarps, and then you like played a, a card that was like for every Magikarp you discard, you do an extra ten damage or whatever. Um, so I'm pretty sure that had like four Magikarps, and then I I came in and destroyed with my discarded Magikarps. Heck, what's that? That sounds very familiar. <laughs> Carp destruction is what we call it. Carp and stop. Uh, <laughs> what? You know, so, well, you know when the world champion people win, they like get to name their deck. So when you do buy those world championship decks, those are like the name. I should go find the name. Uh, if it's, it's not called carp destruction. destruction, it should be. <sighs> All right. Well, let's take a break. And we'll come back. You are so defeated, and we're only halfway through the show. I'm feeling very proud of this so far. Hey, we have um, some Pokemon Go news, and we actually have some Pokemon Snap news to talk about. So we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal is one of the best parts of being a kid, which is true. I had cereal every morning. Saturday morning for cartoons, but I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. But Magic Spoon is different because it has zero grams of sugar. It's got 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And it's only 140 calories a serving. Yep, Magic Spoon is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. The variety pack has uh, four flavors, which are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Magic Spoon arrived. I tried it. Oh, I only tried one flavor. I couldn't try all four at once. But the first flavor I tried was the cocoa. It was very good. I got. I had did to go out to the store. Like, it tastes like your normal cocoa cereals. That's the important thing. All right. Well, what were you a big cocoa cereal eater? Yeah, I loved. I loved the chocolate cereal. Big fan. Mm. But uh, like for me, it's it's it is that thing of you know I haven't had cereal in. Forever, so like waking up in the morning, having cereal. The thing is, if you told me this was healthy, I'd be like, "Oh, cool! It's it's good. That's all that matters." It being healthy, just an added added bonus right there. Hey, you can go to magicspoon.com/pkmncast to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code PKMNCAST at checkout, and you will save five dollars off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident, as I am too, of their product. It is backed by a 100% happiness guaranteed, not to be confused with Happini. So if you, for any reason, don't like it, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Because, you know, hap- Happini is like Yeah, that. we know. Yeah, we, Pokemon we got podcast. it. Okay, got it. Remember, <laughs> remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash pkmncast and use the code pkmncast to save $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Every Plate. 
With every plate, you can experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's Best Value Meal Kits. Uh, every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, so now is the perfect time to focus on saving money easily. Also, every plate cuts out trips to the grocery store and stressful meal planning, which is my life. So you can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. Let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a delightful price. I am so excited. We got the we got the the spicy chicken, Greg. It's coming back. It's back on the oh, menu. Oh, you're back to the spicy chicken. It's your favorite. It is my favorite. I upped the servings. You can do that on every plate. You go to their website. You hit the little plus button. I'm, we're getting double the servings of the spicy chicken. It's coming back. <laughs> There aren't double the people in your house, though. That's, that's, that's two meals. It's like, okay. you know how people are like, ah, oh, today's pizza night. It's like, no, today's spicy chicken night, and tomorrow night is spicy chicken night. That's that's how excited I am. Irene spent three hours making some meal. It, look, it was good. But I was like, imagine if this was an every plate meal. We'd be done in 30 minutes. We would have saved money. We would have saved time. Please, please tell me you did not say to your wife after three hours of labor, <laughs> this could have been 30 minutes, please. 30 minutes with every plate. You can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SUPEREFFECTIVE179. Get started with every, every, get started with every plate just for $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code Super effective 179, and you can save up to $104 in value and get that spicy chicken. It's coming up. $104 <sighs> worth of spicy chicken. And we are back from our break. Hey, let's talk about Pokemon Snap. We haven't talked about that in like six months. Because it's a dead game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, just like Pokemon what? Unite. What do we need to talk about? It happened. It was a moment. It was iconic. We loved it. And then we moved on with our lives. Uh, Brandon sent this in from our Slack community in the uh, Attic channel here. Uh, it's from Nintendo Life titled, New Pokemon Snap took many years of trial and error. Core concept could have been changed. And uh, this was off a interview originally from Famitsu. Nintendo Everything, which who I think we talked about last week, did the translation for some stuff. They did the translation mm. here, which was the uh, Famitsu interview. It came from uh, the Pokemon Company's president, Ishihara. Uh, Ishihara said, quote, With the release of every new generations of console, be it the GameCube or the Wii, we discussed making a sequel. Taking photos becomes something we do every day, and its novelty isn't what it used, used to be. So uh, it was it was difficult to concept a game around it. There was a lot of debate on how the gimmick would work, which made it difficult to start development. The game was the fruits of many years of trial and error. We finally found a concept that made sense and on the Nintendo made sense on the Nintendo Switch, and we made it. In the same interview, the game director Suzuki uh, mentioned after such a long time away, it was considered an whether or not another Pokemon was considered whether or not Pokemon Snap's core concept should be changed. Thankfully, fans wanting more of the same, they decided that the original game's concept sh should return. So Suzuki says, It's been more than 20 years since the Nintendo 64 release of Pokemon Snap, and the problems we faced of whether or not we should change the game's core concept 
It was a great opportunity for us reflecting on the game proved to be a big influence of development. The more I heard about what happened during development of the last game, it reaffirmed our decision to stick with the original game's concept from there. It was finding things within the core concept that we could expand on or better suit today's market. It's just that it's like nothing. It's like a nothing statement. I'm trying to think of like, it, it's like saying, well, we could have changed the core concept. We could, we could be doing a different podcast right now, but ultimately we didn't. Could and have there's gone no down that explanation route, of what but... the what it could have been like. Okay. Yeah, I think like me, I maybe I am just like an uncreative human. But what what other core like if you change the core concept, it wouldn't be a Pokemon Snap game. Really, I don't know. Like what 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 other core concept could you do other than like running around taking pictures of Pokemon and have a Pokemon Snap game? Yeah, I. This article just feels like, I think the interesting piece is they thought about making a sequel for at every console turn. I do do think that's a fairly interesting, like, this could have been a long-going series if they made one for every console. But they sort of don't explain, at least what we see here, why they didn't. And what about the Switch made it, like, oh, now's, now's... Now this engine is the one that we want to use. I just wish there was more to this, because it's just like, okay, yeah, we thought about it, we didn't do it, and now we have a game. Okay, bye! Yeah, if it, I don't know if the interviewer just didn't press... I guess I don't know what the interviewer's main goal of interviewing about Pokemon Snap so far after the fact. Like, what, what was he fishing for? Like, what was the story he was trying to get? Because if you're talking to Ishihara, president of the Pokemon company, he, that is the hopefully, ideally, the guy that knows everything about Pokemon in the sense of like, what are we doing this year for our franchise? Like, we know that we've made a Pokemon Dash. Has that been brought up on the table? Are we making a sequel to Pokemon Dash? Are we making a sequel to Puzzle League? Are we making a sequel to Snap? Are we making a sequel to Conquest? Are we making a... Are are we are we doing brilliant diamond shining pearl or are we doing significantly better platinum? Like what? Like I am I'm assuming that he has some say, mm-hmm. but not to the point where he's like, "Hey, are you removing HMs from this game?" Like I I I don't think that's what he's doing, but I I, I can't imagine he hasn't in twenty some years thought about Pokemon Snap. Like, every single year. Yeah. I mean, so I clicked through to Nintendo Everything, and they have more from the interview, which I think is actually more interesting. Uh, One of the things they said, you know, were they worried about handing it over to Bandai Namco, and they said they had really high hopes that the team would create a new Pokemon set because Pokemon itself was a great achievement, uh, and they were floored by the amount of detail that they put in the game's background and scenery. Uh, they questioned whether the volume of Pokemon and background detail that they included in Pokemon, Pokemon was even necessary, as it was completely unrelated to the core gameplay, but sometimes when playing, they'd get attacked while their eyes were in the background, and they were wondering if that was intentional. And also, uh, Famitsu asked Ishihara if they put any requests while new Pokemon Snap was in development, and Ishihara himself that he said he rarely gave the team any specifics. So I think that detail is really interesting that they really said 
We trust the background and the detail that you made in Pokken, so we are trusting you to make a gorgeous snap game. And they really, it from this, at least seems like they were really fairly hands-off of to what that looked like. I think that's a fairly interesting thing. I still wish I would know why they felt the Switch was now the council to do it. Yeah, I, I just because maybe the Switch sold incredibly well. I mean, the Wii sold incredibly well. It was the hesitation like no well, one wanted see, like, to make with... a snap game with motion controls because that was yeah, the thing I you think... heard during the Wii is like yeah. everyone's like oh the Wii is the perfect console for snap because you can look around and it's like yeah I guess yeah I think probably motion controls like put into question like what would be interesting with motion controls for this because a lot of those motion controls weren't intuitive and the way snap plays you were spinning around. A lot. So do we have to like move away from the screen to to switch the? I I think that would be more problematic than the switch would with better graphics. I don't doubt that the game was like difficult to make in the sense of how do we make a what is ultimately a six hour game on the Nintendo sixty four that was a rental for a lot of people. Like it was yeah. the go to Blockbuster on Friday night, rent Snap for the weekend, return it on Monday, have a great time. A month later, forget about it, and then wanting to do that experience again. Um, and we were, all, we were all wrong in, like, is this going to be another six-hour game? And it ended up being a very long game if you were a completionist mm-hmm. or if you like to look for secrets. And it was a very, I think, good price Good time slash price investment for your money, even if you just went through it once. I, I I do think there was a lot of value there. They are correct in the sense of like photography has changed. Like everyone has a camera now. Back in the when Pokemon Snap came out, it was like, here's a disposable camera for your birthday. Treasure these twenty photos you can take. <laughs> <laughs> and mom and dad are never going to get them developed because that costs money too, and that costs time to go. And it's like, I mean, I would say access to photography is is easier nowadays. Photography is more accessible now than it was. Uh, good photography is still as inaccessible as it was. <laughs> I don't know what changes they would have made though. Like, what was like Pengu said? If you change the core concept, then it's no longer Snap. I mean, so I'm wondering if maybe they're like, the core concept would be you would still, like, a change of core concept would be you would go out and you would capture Pokemon and then you would bring them back to a studio ranch type situation and then create scenes and, you know, tableaus for photography. So it'd be less of. So it'd be like Harvey's Island in Animal Crossing, but with Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah. Harvey's Island was never interesting to me. I'm, I'm uncreative and bad at designing, so I never did that. This is why but I stopped I mean, playing Animal Crossing, because I saw <laughs> other people be so creative and so good, and it made me self-conscious of, like, oh, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm have just a failure. faith in yourself. My island sucks compared to your island, so I might as well just give up on life. <laughs> your island was a unique, unique expression of you. And you should be proud of the hot mess you created. Mm. Front page of the subreddit. Mess. That's true. I was front page of crappy Animal Crossing. R slash crappy <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> Forever live in 
infamy there. I wonder if new Pokemon Snap will be looked on as an incredible game as Pokemon Snap has 20 years later. Because I do, I genuinely believe that new Pokemon Snap is a perfect sequel. It does everything better, and you lose nothing to the point where you're like, man, I wish they did this like they did in the original. With one exception. I will say one exception. They don't have the, like, you were close. That's, like, maybe the one except, like, <laughs> like if Wonderful. it had that, it would be actually, like, 11 out of 10 perfect. The only thing I would say, the only thing why I don't think it will stand out as much as the original is that the original felt new in the way, like, you didn't have access to this. And it was a thing to go to Blockbuster and print things out like there was a whole sort of weird culture that was around it that was very novel to that game and i don't think pokemon snap the new pokemon snap brings a level of novelty that people will remember it 20 years later like there wasn't like we aren't talking about going to blockbuster to print pictures out with new pokemon snap we aren't talking about what an experience it was to rent it for the weekend and you get all your things and beg your parents to do these things. That doesn't exist with this game. And I don't think that it has enough uniqueness that people will be talking about it being like a perfect game 20 years from now. It's a very good game, but I don't think it has enough uniqueness about it to sort of have a ton of legs to a lot of people. And also it was rare to see Pokemon in the wild and in 3D and it is pretty common <laughs> yeah. now. You know, which those are probably things they thought about. Yeah. It's like the whole, you know, in interviews they said like we have no desire to do a stadium because the whole point of stadium was to see Pokemon in 3D battling and we have that now. All right, to shift gears a little bit, Niantic did something weird. Uh, they're doing what is called a classic community day, uh, which at first I thought, oh, they already did two Charmander community days. This would be the second Bubble Star. That's not that weird. But we're getting two community days this month. Uh, wait, what is Sfeel is this month, right? Yeah, yeah. Sfeel is this upcoming weekend. I thought it was the 16th. Is that this upcoming weekend? 16th. Yes, 16th. This upcoming weekend. And then Bulbasaur will be the 22nd. As a special treat, we'll be holding a Community Day Classic, bringing back a favorite Bulbasaur. It will have the Frenzy Plant special move. It will have the Community Day research story. So for a dollar, you'll get a story on it. I think it's the same story that was original. I don't remember if they had stories when Bulbasaur came out. I have no idea. I didn't do it. It's just a dollar, though, so I don't... Yeah, three times the catch uh, XP, incense for three hours, snapshots, lure modules will um, last for three hours. There will be the scam box, as always, for 1,280 Poke coins. You'll get 50 Ultra Balls, 5 Lucky Eggs, 5 Star Pieces, Elite Charge TM. 30 Ultra Balls will be available in the shop at no cost. I think it's also interesting to note that it's a shorter time. Oh, yeah, this is the, the specifically three hours again. This is the first yep. three-hour community day since the pandemic started. Yeah. 
Is this their way of getting it back to three hours? Do they care about that? I wonder if by them moving it to six hours, they were like, oh, we made more money because it's longer. But if that was the case, then why would they not have this be six hours? I'm curious about the decision. And I, I, I'm still burned by the distance change. So if this is like a test to go back to three hours, please have learned from before. It is a problem for nobody but you, and you do not need to come up with a fix. To me, it reads as like faithful remake. We're going back to classics. <laughs> so like we're going back to Bulbasaur and also faithfully remaking the three hour community day. It worked so well with Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, we decided to ruin this game, too. Is it like we're doing three hours because now we're giving you two a month instead of one a month? Like, it it does... The time itself does seem weird. Like, that was obviously a conversation that people had. And then you look at the the things they did in Pikmin Bloom, which is a Niantic game. Obviously a different team, like Niantic has multiple teams. They have like their Transformer team. They, Who knows what's happening with their Harry Potter team. They have their Pikmin team. They have this team. And the the first Pikmin community day, what, it was like 12 hours long, right? It was like, yeah. it was 10. It was like from 10, no, it was it was 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., right? It was something yeah. like that. It was and 12 then, hours. And then there was issues in New Zealand. So classic Niantic messing up New Zealand for every game they do. Um, thank you to everyone who lives in New Zealand to suffer for the rest of the world. You're appreciated. Canary in the coal mine. And then the next community day, they were just like, it's all, it's just 24 hours. It's just the full day. And there's part of me that's like, let's just make it 24 hours so as many people can play. But then the other part of me is like, I liked that they force players to play at the same time because then you do get that sense of community you do see all the people at the park at the same time because there is a window that they need to play in whereas with the six hour ones and maybe it's just because you know people play pogo differently since the pandemic but with the six hour ones it does seem that the parks are a bit emptier that it doesn't seem like raids fill up as fast because it is so spread out, right? I can start at... I normally start my community day an hour in, right? Because I had six hours now. So I usually miss the first hour because I'm... I, look, I like the longer I like the longer days. I was, telling, I was talking to a friend about this. You know, when it was three hours and I was playing with my old group of friends, it would be... We, we all woke up late. Community day starting now. Go to the park. No time to stop. No time to eat. We only have three hours. And then when it's done... We eat, and that's fine. But the six hours, it's like, not that big of a deal. We missed the first hour. It's okay. We got five hours left. Okay, we played for an hour and a half. Hey, why don't we grab something small and sit down? Or, hey, why don't we, Mm -hmm. you know, drive to a different location because we have the time to drive. Okay, cool. We got 30 dust skulls. Why don't, do we need to play for the remaining 90 minutes? No, like, let's just go home. Like, it's just, it does feel more relaxed and more like an actual event versus go, 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 go for three hours because we're on a time limit. The sense of community is is a rough sell for me, (laughs) given given the fact that the world is still not in a great spot. 
So to be like, we're, we need more people to cram into spaces for three hours is not an ideal situation. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Again, this is this, this, the distant thing. I don't understand what the reasoning would be to go back to a worse experience because the world has not been better and everything's going to be very like particularly in cold climbs we're all indoors doing this which is not ideal for large groups of people to be forced together for a shorter amount of time uh i i still think like and if you say oh it's the hardcore players like the hardcore players play all six hours yeah they're gonna play. so you're good you're, you're really making it harder for the casual players which granted is often not the first thought of most companies because casual players don't pay you as much money as hardcore do but I, I even in a hardcore situation hardcore players still play for the six hours like they are interacting with your game for that entire time so i'm not seeing the benefits behind a shorter time period other than the only thing I can start to think of is we already took up six hours of your time. We're going to do another one. So we're just going to shorten it. So we aren't eating up so much of your time and that, that I'm slightly okay with because there's two and it is a makeup event. Like if this was like, if we find out in February, the main community day is only not going to be three hours. That's going to be, a problem for me but i think given the fact that it's a repeat is the second one in the month it's the second one in almost a week like while i think the decision is weird i also can kind of see the thought process of you don't have to do it we're putting it out as a special thing and we're just going to keep it shorter so that if you as a hardcore person do want to do it we aren't monopolizing more of your time yeah, to me, it seems like a combination of the we're going to like go go really back to classic faithful remake and do the thing. And also like it's a being treated as a separate bonus thing rather than a community day in and of itself, um, which kind of makes sense to me, I guess. Although I have never done a three day community day because I only started playing Pogo about a year ago. So I don't really uh, have the experience to judge between them. <laughs> I'm just also shocked that this is just not February's community day or March's community day. Like they, they repeated Charmander. Charmander, obviously an incredibly popular Pokemon. Bulbasaur, just as popular. And to all the hardcore people that complain, that's fine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like there's such a small part of. Like they com- they complained about Roselia, right? And they complained yep. about anything that wasn't Gibble. And then when we got Gibble, they still complained because they spent all that money on raid passes during GoFest. And then they all complained that their Gibbles were worthless or whatever that means. And th- the same thing will happen with Dino. They did Dino in GoFest. People paid dollars on top of dollars to get Dino. There will in ed- uh, there will eventually be a Dino Community Day, and those people will complain, right? Like, the, like you don't really win with the hardcore players 
They will. They, they. It's just like me with Apple products. I'm going to buy the next iPhone. I'm going to complain about it. It's fine. But they, but Niantic will eventually run out of Pokemon here, right? Like this. Like the the problem isn't what happens when Niantic runs out of Pokemon. That is not the problem. People continue to play this game and have continued to play this game every day. And what was the last new Pokemon we got? The Berg Bergmite. Yeah, we just got Bergmite. There was not a flood of people being like, I haven't touched the game in two years. Bergmite is here. Holy like that doesn't that's it. That didn't happen. No one Well, there were some. There were a couple, but there, not like there a, is not there was a, a majority by any means. Soul out there who hasn't played Pogo in two plus years that came back because Bergmite was added. There's at least two. <laughs> And they're not listening to the show. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Bulbasaur hasn't been a community day in what three plus years. So in my well, head, like, do, it, are we going to count Canto Tour? No, no, because that wasn't what that, like community days are one in twenty five, and specifically one Pokemon. Like, yes, you could have gotten a shiny Bulbasaur through Canto Tour, but that was what did people say that was like one in a hundred and twenty and. There was so many other Pokemon spawning. Like, it, like to me, it just makes sense that eventually Niantic will repeat events because you see that in MMOs. You just see that in, like, Final Fantasy. Here's an event. The last time this event was was two years ago. And you don't really, at least when I played Final Fantasy fourteen, people weren't really ever upset. They were just like, yeah, it's been two years. I was missing one thing. Or, like, cool, I can take this weekend off. But Sally gene over here who just started playing like i i'll help her get the 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 mount that is coming back i mean i think one of the differences in those are mmos tend to run them for a week and generally they don't have to be completed like within a set time period like only three hours where you have to log in like they do repeat events but they're usually over a period of time i think Niantic is unique in the fact that they have a very limited window and you tend to have to go out of your way to go to places where they spawn a lot or specifically do incense at home. It is a, it is slightly different in Niantic does demand a little bit more effort and time from you than like a week long MMO and it can be done while you're playing the game normally, right? Like, if it was community day for a week, and while you're playing the game, you'll run into Bulbasaur more often, and Bulbasaur will be shiny more often, that's a very different experience than we're giving you a three-hour window. Yeah. So we're, like, five years into Pogo. They want this to be a forever game. And if you just look at what else they have, you know, you have the three starters for Gen 6, the three starters for Gen 7, the three starters for Gen 8. That's nine community days pre-planned. And then you have Dino. You have Jangma O. You have... What was the gen? You have Gumi. You have Dragapult. Like, those are your pseudo-dragons that will follow that pattern. And then you have the eventual Litwick. You have probably the eventual... What is the bird from Gen 7? Uh, that was... Pika Peck, Pika, probably. Yep. yep. Like, well, like a, a, in 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 a month, we're gonna have all Gen two Pokemon be shiny. 
So you could, I, I, I don't know, do a Gen 2 Pokemon, but then people are going to complain like Roselia. You know, Roselia had that, like, Safari Zone experience. It, it's, it's it, like, I would challenge somebody to try to plan out two years of community days. Like, two, like plan out 24 community days and see if you can do it. Because you're going you're gonna to discover very quickly there's not enough Pokemon. And you're going to have to either repeat events or you're going to have to do what they did with Roselia was like, yep, this has already been shiny, but, you know, we're going to dedicate a day to it, which I personally think is fine. Like, it's it, it's mm-hmm. OK. No, it's um, the best community day they've ever had before and since. So it, it is just a little weird to me that they're like, OK, now we're doing two community days. Maybe this is an exception. Maybe this is just build up to. Maybe this isn't every month, but like I again, I could just see it where they just do Bulbasaur for hey, Bulbasaur is March. Sorry, it's a repeat. You'll get something new and exciting for April. But I again, yeah, I think I, repeats are okay too. I feel like this is a test to see how people will handle two community days in a month, given that one is a repeat. I would bet money. That the Bulbasaur community day would be more popular than this feel because it's Bulbasaur and it's Gen One, even though it's a the repeat. Only thing, the only thing that bothers me is that um, is that Charmander had two and Bulbasaur is having this one and it's not consistent. And I <laughs> I like things to be consistent and the same. And it annoys me that it is not patterns. Well, technically, the first Charmander was three. The second Charmander was six, right? Yeah. The second Charmander was six. But the second Charmander was voted upon, right? It was like Diglett, Zubat, Charmander, or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dratini or something? Yeah, that vote process. That made me so mad. Okay, but then that means that then that was its own thing, which means that they would have to do another back to classic for Charmander, and then that would be a third Charmander. Yeah, back to classic for Squirtle. It's just... it's So, I mean, since it is the heritage... Season of heritage, which is three months, right? Like, each of the seasons last three months. Yeah. Do we think it's going to be... Oh, one classic per season. Right. Or is it going to be, this is the Heritage one, so we're going to redo Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, February, March, January, February, March. That's Heritage season. Oh. And then it's going to be some other thing. Like, if the next season's the season of dragons or whatever, then they're going to bring back Dratini, you know, Dratini Community Day as the second one. But also, why haven't we just had a community that's like, here's all three starters, they're all spawning in the wild. Good luck. Like, that would because be a fine community. Because then that's three community days that you don't have in <laughs> the future. True. I got to milk You're it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I still, I definitely feel like this is, this throwback for this season is a test. I think they are testing to see how people will tolerate having a second throwback or flashback or retro or whatever you want to call it though you're putting an incredibly popular gen one pokemon easily one of the most popular gen one pokemons against feel you say that and charizard is right there winning every poll that bulbasaur isn't on there is if if we're talking like top pokemon of gen one bulbasaur charmander squirtle are top it's they just are, yeah. But it goes Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur. No, I think Bulbasaur is 
Not I would say Bulbasaur is second on that list. Like Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. Uh, Squirtle Squad would beg to differ. People the were difference, up in the arms. difference between Charmander. We're getting really in the weeds here. Is people like <laughs> people like Charmander and people like Charizard. People like Bulbasaur. There, don't get me wrong. There are people that like Venusaur, but Venusaur's popularity compared to Charizard, not even not even the same book. Like Charizard is up there, and Bulbasaur it's a and Charmander dragon are instead of a weird flower there. toad. Blastoise also up there too, but like not not on the same pedestal that Charizard's on. All right, last bit of news here is get ready to rock and roll during the season of Heritage uh, Mountains of Power event. Uh, the story continues. Here, there will be, for this event, half the walking distance to earn hearts for your buddy. There will be new timed research. Wild encounters will include Zubat, Machop, Geodude, Slugma, Nosepass, Barboach. All of those can be shiny. Uh, if you're lucky, you can encounter an Onyx or a Ferocid. Both can be shiny. Raids are all bad. Skip them all. Uh, Mega- <laughs> <laughs> They're not all bad. Who is doing a three-star Dawn fan raid? If you the Dawn fan, if fans? you ha- have the time and energy to spend a dollar on a Dawn fan, please consider subscribing to our Patreon and not <laughs> using that money on a three-star Dawn fan. Are you giving out Dawn fans? For I, a will, I will. I will. For every do patron, if you're looking for Dawn fan, I will. I will name one for you. I will trade. Possibly could be lucky. Hey, you never know. Get a Dawn fan. Dawn fan for me could be lucky. Mega Aerodactyls down raids. That's new. Um, this event shiny is- Absol and three star raids. Don't okay. Here's hot pro tip. Hot tip. Don't do any Absol raids. You're probably thinking to yourself, I don't have shiny Absol yet. Absol's Mega has not been released, meaning that if you're grinding Absol raids for shiny, which gosh, Absol's been shiny for what almost four years now at this point. If you're grinding. Absol raids for shiny. You're gonna have to regrind it for mega. It's gonna be the same odds when it's mega. Ignore all Absol raids. Wait till Why it's mega. Why would you have to regrind it if you have a shiny Absol? You just need to get Absol mega energy. Yeah, but then you're you're doing like at least three to four mega Absol raids to get the energy for the mega, and then you're like, well, I need more energy because I gotta mega my Absol because once you have mega a- Absol, you'll never go back to mega Houndoom because it's better. It is better. Mega Houndoom had its moment at Kanto Tour 20, <laughs> whatever year that was. Like, was that this year? Was that last year? I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it's the year of Mega Absol. Oh. You know, what is time? It was 2021. Was it? Yeah. It sure was. It was the start of. Oh, yeah, because Niantic cause... interviewed us at St. Right. Louis, and they were like, what was your favorite event this year? And I was like, I literally looked at Niantic and I was like, I cannot remember this year what events <laughs> happened. Give me a list. I'll tell you well, which one I like. Well, the easy thing to remember was nothing happened in 2020. So if there was an event, it happened in 2021. <laughs> no one should ever be doing Ursaring, Dawnfan, Metacham, or Absol Rates right what now. What if your favorite Pokemon is Ursaring and you want... If your Mega favorite Pokemon to come is out. Ursaring, and you've waited four years to this point to grind Ursaring. Uh, what is our question of the week? <laughs> All right. What is the question of the week? We want to know what you seek. Ask the question now. I tried to buy you time, and you were never prepared. I'm prepared. 
<sighs> Why do we have repeat questions? Because we don't get to them. Which? No, I thought we answered this one that Brandon asked. We picked for ourselves, but not for the other hosts. Chris says, what character, human, or Pokemon from the games deserves a movie fleshing out their story? That's actually a good question. <sighs> the answer is feel. Uh, no. <laughs> um, we... Uh, no, why can't I think of his name now? The guy that turned into Licky Licky. <laughs> oh, yeah! What I second his, that. <laughs> what is his name? <laughs> his name is like Baron Von Chuckles, I think. All right, I have to look this up because I know it and then my brain. Baron Alberto, yes. We need an origin story or a continuation story of Baron Alberto. We need to know where Baron Alberto came from. After being a Licky Licky, did he dream about becoming a Licky Licky master? Did he want to be a Licky Licky again? Did he change his hairstyle because his hairstyle made him look like a Pidgey? There's a lot of questions around Baron Alberto that I think we need answers. I think we need more background and story on Tobias. How did he get Darkrai? Where did he get mm. the Latios? What, actually, Why is he wearing a cape? An interesting story to me would be Agatha and Oak as trainer ages, because we know mm, that they that had... Would be pretty good. So I would like to see them, not in a Celebi movie, but like, Let's go back in time and see Agatha and Oak running around and catching things and see that dynamic. I think that would be a fun movie. After the Baron Alberto movie. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there that there's a trainer in uh, BDSP named Karina who uses a Piplup, and I would be so down to see her story. Not it's to be just confused with the Karina in X and Y, who is just very obnoxious. Who we know that is everyone's favorite gym trainer. They, re you know, if if there was a poke, they they paired her, they pushed Lucario to the moon, they still do, but then for whatever reason they were like, let's push this roller skating girl to the moon as well. They really jam her down your throat that entire game. Everybody loves the X Games. Somebody at Game Freak finally <laughs> discovered extreme <laughs> sports. Anything on YouTube's? No, I forgot to ask a question on YouTube. There was but a people question still last post it there. People still, because you say, I forget to ask. You say, remember. Oh, I found a question. This questions. is from Andre. Here we go. I look, I had to, it's, when I post the question and throw at it, it's very easy to find them. You got to dig through YouTube comments. It's already a nightmare. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, what <laughs> RPG mechanic would you want incorporated into a mainline game that hasn't been implemented to date and is working well in another RPG? Good example if you have them. I do have an example, but I'll go last. Did they give an example of what they were talking about? No. They said, if you have an example, give us. Oh. I've played a lot of JRPGs, so I feel like I, I have a couple. But there's one that stands out to me. So, okay. One thing that I would like to see implemented in Pokemon games is a job system where, much like, because I like job systems. Like, I like Final Fantasy fourteen where you can switch jobs. I like that in Final Fantasy games. But, like, you could pick up a specific job, like I'm going to pick the Pokemon breeder job, so therefore I can hatch and make eggs eggs better and get better EVs. Like a job type system where your trainer customization affects the game more than cosmetically. Mm. I think for me, um, 
I would like to see like different skills that you could level up as a trainer. So like, um, if you like catch more Pokemon, you like level up your catching skill, and as you level up that skill, oh. it makes it easier to catch, or like level up your breeding skill to like take less steps or something like that. I think that'd be cool. Gosh, that is actually really good. There's that was that was in like Grand Theft Auto, I think. Or or Saints Row, where if it's you in like, a lot of games, if you like jumped a lot, your jumping would be better. Yeah, and some people would just like uh, turbo a uh, like all night, so then they like maximize their jump. Mm, I do like that a lot. The thing I was thinking of is what Bravely Default does. They do two things. Mm. Number one is when you're when you're looking at creatures in the overworld, they will run away from you and your characters if they're too low level letting you know that like oh you can ignore those and if they're higher level and and they do the thing where if it's higher level you'll just get significantly more experience they'll be aggressive and they'll have like a little like exclamation point above their head being like i'm mad because i'm better than you and like you just know that like oh if i'm grinding they're gonna pretty much come to me in this area and once i get to a certain level they're gonna be not angry anymore because now i'm better than them I feel like they started that feel a little bit in the wild area. Aren't yeah, they going to do that for Legends? Isn't that what the, the red-eyed Yeah, that's what, that's what I hope that is. And then the other thing that Bravely Default does is they just have like a straight-up speed-up mechanic. They'll be like, you can just, I, it's like the R button, but you can go like yeah. one, times one, times two, times three, times four. And but their battles are like much, much longer. Like a boss, Way longer. A boss battle in that game is probably like a 20 minute like fight and there's always like a, a break point in the fight where th the fight changes and that's usually where you like lose so it is frustrating to get like 15 minutes in the fight and then you're in the final stage and then they like wipe your party and you're like oh, i don't want to do this again um i mean bravely default also has very specific moves and patterns to defeat enemies so like it's easy to be like, I have to fight this 14 times, <laughs> I need to fly through it. But I, I do, I, I would like a speed-up mechanic for certain things. There are very weird people out there that like the grind in Pokemon. And There's those a people, lot of people who like grinding. Those people, are, or those, peop those people are the ones that are very into Diamond and Pearl, because it's a very grindy game, there's no doubt. But also, like, I don't think it would be, if you want your game to be grindy... That's what you're setting out to be. It would be nice to have a fast forward mechanic because Bravely Default is a grindy game. And it didn't, it did at a certain point get to me where it's like, okay, got to grind for a bit. But the like speed up mechanic was like really nice because yeah. you're, you're not going to change the way you think about grinding. You're just like, I'm going to have to go in, knock out these, go back, heal, come back out, grind. I feel like this is another episode of a, it should have been a toggle. That should be a toggle. Mm. But uh, Bravely Default is a very grindy game. Like, and that's part of the storyline. Like, the grind is built into the game for a very specific reason for that one. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Like, <sighs> grinding isn't fun for a lot of people. So, it should be a toggle. There should be a way to speed it up. Good questions. Hey, that's pretty much our show. No Pokemon of the Week because Will's not here. He's uh, in Hawaii. And if you go to with his Instagram, burbs. he's like, hang out with birds. I don't... Does, he's does got that birds on his head. Thing to do in Hawaii? 
It's a thing to do here, but it's better in Hawaii because you can be outside. It's warm. Uh, yeah, I guess. Pengu, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me on again. You, uh, people can find you on, on socials. You also have like a little store, right? You can promote that. I do that. have a little store. So uh, this is what I was making. It's all finished Take for those care. on the YouTube. Um, I sell these on the interwebs. You can find me on Twitter at Pengumon and links to the rest of me on the internet is, is there. Hmm. Greg is on Twitter at White Wing. I'm on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. Uh, Legends is... Uh, we got two more podcasts before Legends comes out, and then I'm assuming Greg and I will be doing a miniseries for Legends? I have oh. no clue okay. what that looks like, because we have no structure for that game. I They haven't said that there are... There are definitely stars. There are and definitely the stars, stars being something. But how how long does it take to get a star? How how fast are we getting to that? We we know for sure that that cleaver battle is the first big fight. And if I'm assuming that that is like the equivalent to a gym, how many gyms are there? And do we stop at every big battle? Are there even gyms? Maybe the cleaver thing is just a side. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they but have you'll find out if you like... listen to the miniseries. <laughs> I feel like what little we know about it, it probably makes sense as each new area unlocks, because it sounds like after you complete XYZ, a new area will unlock, and there's like, what, seven areas? That feels like a thing that that game will do. Yeah. There's always the the worry that the reason they're not showing a lot is because they've already shown what what there is. <laughs> and then the other thing is like maybe there is a lot and they're not they just don't want to spoil it. But they showed what Diamond and Pearl was and it was exactly what it was. They were not But also Diamond and Pearl existed. Yeah. Before. So we all sort of knew it wasn't veering far off the formula. We just didn't know how strict they were keeping to the formula. Yeah. I mean, when they showed Crown, Tundra, and Isle of Armor, they that, that was it. They showed their hand, and we got what they showed. There wasn't, like, anything that was, like, shocking when I went to the Crown Tundra, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what a crazy spoiler here. It was like, this is what they showed us, and this is what we got. Yeah, I feel like do we have we have a little bit more mystery with Sword and Shield. I don't know. It's hard to say. I I'm more curious what that trailer says in English because I want to know how much they actually said. Well, I'm sure we'll get something this week. I'm sure that trailer will get translated or we'll get like a reduced like 3-minute English trailer that kind of cuts the fat or we get something new altogether, but uh, we'll talk about that next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for making it to the end. Uh, I did take the last week off Twitch, so if you're listening to this on Monday morning, I will be back on Twitch for the the week, starting on uh, 6 p.m. Central Time on Monday, January 10th. Do we have a special secret word? Ooh. What is the... What is it? What is the secret word this week? Pengu, you can pick. You brought um, it up. Tetris 99. Oh boy! I'm gonna. This is what happens. I'm gonna forget, and then people are gonna spam Tetris. I'm gonna go. Why are you guys talking about Tetris? At least it's not butt flap. Last time it was butt flap. That was also <laughs> very butt flap confusing. was a good was a good word. 
<laughs> and I will not tolerate anything to the otherwise. So it's Tetris 99 butt flap. Great. I'm down. I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> Perfect. We will see you all next week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, follow on socials, PKMNCast, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Thanks for watching on YouTube if you did. Thanks for listening on your podcast app if you did. Thanks for making it to the end. We will see you all next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super, super duper effective. Yeah, super seasoning packets. How do we not have more ads? We're so good. At <laughs> We are we are better than most places at reading them. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> this podcast is supported by Patreon. If you would like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. A huge shout out to our Patreon producers, starting with Stephen, Sean, Matthew, Bovine, Kay, Jessica, Jacob, Brian, Evan, Ryan, Patrick, Nate, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Gray, Dylan, Carlos, Alvaro, and a shout out to our executive producers of Steph, Spencer, Courtney, and Brady. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. And we couldn't do the show without you guys. Thank you again, and we will see you next week. <laughs>